2: What's up, folks? Live from the NBA Summer League, it's Jonathan Von Tobel, Concourse of the Thomas & Mack Center, and somebody who is nice enough to give us some time today, Matt Moore, NBA writer for the Action Network. You can follow him on Twitter at HPBasketball. A lot of other podcasts, too, for the Action Network. Locked on NBA, Locked on Nuggets, cover everything? I think so. All right, cool. So I wanted to ask you, so I've gotten to work with you a little bit more this year. Uh, We did a lot of the NBA bet streams and whatnot, so it's been cool to get to know you professionally. I don't know you very well personally. So I wanted to ask you, you a big Vegas guy? Like, do you you explore the amenities out here in our fair city? What's your trips like to Las Vegas?
0: Food. That's the thing I really yeah. love to go to, is go over to all the great you know, Asian restaurants that are in town, try and you know, find the best buffets that are that are worth going to here it's in still Vegas. Still active? Yeah, they're still active. Uh, find all of the, the places that are kind of like notable to go to. Like, I'm a big food guy. So that, that's my excitement when I come here, because I think it's absolutely amazing here.
2: So I've yesterday, I was doing a little bit more of the networking stuff. And And one of the fatal flaws that I didn't realize is a lot of people come out here. To watch basketball. Mm-hmm. They also come out here to network, yep. and they come here to participate in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So it's like 12:45, and I haven't had dinner yet. It, it's 12:45 a.m., and I'm like, all right, guys, like, can we <laughs> can we wrap this thing up? I'm ready to go. Um, I, are you like that? Do you get that crazy? No, or is it just I like s- dinner, and then like you know maybe so some... this is my 15th year doing this. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, you've so, Been doing it for a while. Yeah,
0: and so there were definitely days, in yeah. w- early on when that was definitely the case. Now it's like, no, no, no like let's stay focused. Let's be it because the other thing is when you're meeting people out here and you want to make a good, good impression and you're trying to be professional. Yeah. It's rough when you're like, "Hi, how are you? I just I need a second because I'm gonna go throw up in this trash can, and then I'll be right back, and we can have a good conversation about ball." So it's kind of tough. So I try and be a little bit more restrained. You mentioned kind of like everybody comes out here to do yeah. it. Players are definitely part of that. Yes. Early on in my career. Um, notably, out at 3 a.m. and there was a rookie player whose name I will not divulge, uh, who made many, many millions in the NBA, and he was just absolutely hammering the craft tables, just absolutely going to town. It was like no, nobody else. I didn't have like a whole bunch of people around him. It was just him hanging out at a craps table at 3 a.m. throwing the
2: dice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the uh, the lot of you see a lot of that cool stuff, especially when you're wandering around the town late at night. So let's go back to last night. So obviously the nightcap, Victor mm-hmm. Weminyama and, and this is where I wanted to start because so I'm a Vegas guy, you know, and this is. I always tell people when we talk about it, low-key, I actually don't think it's low-key, but it's a good basketball town, yeah. right? A lot of good energy out here. UNLV obviously got it started, and then, of course, basketball fans spur from there. Those old Kings and Lakers games that would come out here for preseason, so it's awesome. I got to say, out of all the basketball environments I've been in here, out here in my lifetime, last night was something special. Like, the building was, like, buzzing from the second I got here, like, 245. The second deck was packed with people mm-hmm. trying to watch Victor Wimbanyama. So let me ask you just... What was the takeaway, non-basketball, like what was your takeaway yesterday? Because it just seemed exciting. They had a, there was like Warriors players. I was standing down because I didn't, couldn't get a seat. There's Warriors players like coming out before the game, just standing next to us trying to watch everything. It was yeah. incredible.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, it was unlike anything that I've ever seen. You know, LaMelo Ball, or Alonzo Ball's yep. debut with the Lakers is the only thing that kind of comes close to it because that was such a big moment because of the Lakers fans and the amount of hype around Alonzo. And obviously he was such a, a highly uh, considered prospect coming out of high school and all the mixtapes. But Wemby's like a whole other deal where you got people taking pictures of him just hanging out in the back like there's such a buzz about him and it shows you it's simultaneously a moment because of women yama but it's also about like what this event has become because this event has become somebody described it yesterday i thought it was a great comparison is like comic-con for basketball yeah. and like that's really what it is where you have like these moments and everyone's anticipating the individual moments and everybody wants to be in the building and say that they were there for you know the, like, my big takeaway is gonna be like i saw scoot henderson and um, amin thompson's first game like that's yeah. my big takeaway from from yesterday is like i was in the building for that and you want to be able to say that you saw Them right when they were first making their first
2: NBA appearance, even if it's not in a regulation game. So what was your big takeaway? Because I think a lot of people, obviously, they're going to focus on two things, I think. And you saw it on social media a little bit. Mm 2-13 and the Kai Jones dunk. And that's Because we're negative people. Like, that's all we want to (laughs) focus on for the most part. But what was your takeaway basketball-wise when you watched Vic?
0: You know, I I think a lot of this is he is not a player, I think, that is built right now, especially considering how exhausted he is coming off of the Euro season. For him to come in and just be like, I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to ISO and I'm going to dominate. And he doesn't have that skill set right now, in part because he doesn't have the size. Even with his handle, Like one thing that's really important is these teams don't practice together, but but players are smart enough at this level to know like, hey... They got nobody else. We should probably set some bodies at Victor Wembanyama, And so the Hornets were like sending triples at him consistently to be like, we're not going to be the team that he shows off against. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure the NBA would be like, can we just play a little bit one-on-one? <laughs> right, Could we just yeah. do that like a little let bit? Him, let him do, let, let right. him do something. Let him um, do something. Look, the defensive presence I think is going to be amazing because he does deter and alter shots just by being in the presence. You know, he had that big block on Brandon Miller. Um, you see a lot of the passing. He's a high IQ player, so it's great that he goes to San Antonio. He'll look better with an NBA roster, even with the Spurs, like, could have used Trey Jones last night. Could have yep. used a, a, like an actual NBA season point guard. He's in the need to, to roll stuff out in sets, but even then, The size stuff is going to be an issue, like he is going to be slight. There's people that are like, why isn't he taking hook shots? I'm like, he's not a center. He's not going to be a center in this league, at least not for the first six, seven years of his career. You'll see a remarkable change from him from where he is now. Two years from now, strength and conditioning. The changes are just unbelievable in terms of what they're able to accomplish. It turns out that if you just work out and that's your entire job for two years, you wind up getting in pretty good shape. So he'll look a lot better as, as time goes on. The fundamentals are still there, but he's not built to be a guy that excels in this environment. And he may not be a guy that honestly excels that much in his first season, at least for the first twenty or so games.
2: Yeah, when I was watching him yesterday, a couple of things that stuck out. So as much as I could have watched of him over the last year I didn't he's a nifty passer yeah. like there were the assists that he had were, were great when he's in transition handling the ball and he's finding guys under the basket that was one of the things like you hear and you read good passer he like he's got vision he that was one of the things I didn't realize how high that was in terms of part of his game he was a really nifty passer last night in the three assist. yeah
0: he's got no there's no black hole kind of yeah. kind of sentiment with him he doesn't have tunnel vision where he wouldn't get the ball and just be absolutely like we're gonna go absolutely straight I'm getting to the rim no matter what a lot of guys here are trying to do that because a lot of guys here are trying to make their name and yep. a lot of guys here are trying to get paid. So Victor's not in that kind of spot. So Victor I thought did a very good job of, you know, anticipating defense, running in the offense. I mean, he mentioned that he he was very open about how out of shape he is. Like, he's just not in condition to play these types of minutes at this pace, and that was going to be an an issue. But I think when you look at what he's capable of in terms of playing in the flow of an offense, like, San Antonio picked him because he was obviously the best prospect. But they also – it's a great fit for him because they're they're going to accentuate those things about his game, about making the right play, about doing the right things, about being an impact player who wins rather than being the guy that puts up – Numbers, and that's what makes him kind of interesting, I think, from a betting perspective going forward, too.
2: The other thing that stuck out was, and I think this is it's part of the because I was watching the press conference afterwards. Um, part of like he talked about maybe a little bit of lack of energy given the workload that he's had. Uh, the post ups looked like he didn't really have a lot of strength posting yeah. guys up and trying to back them down, whether that's the slight build or maybe that's you know, again, just some fatigue. That was the other thing that stuck out. There were a couple of times where he got a guy and he was like, All right, let me try to back this dude down. And it's like, Oh, wait, he's kind of sturdy, I can't just do that to him.
0: It's kind of funny because it's all kind of related, right? Yeah. Where I don't think that's what he, he wants his Game to be is like deep down post up back ends, and who who wants that right now outside right. like Joel Embiid and B and Nikola Jokic, and so his game is much more face-up oriented. It's much more of, you know, his handle is kind of what's exceptional about him, his ability to get to spots where he wants to with his handle. But if they're sending that much help at him, what's the best way to counter that? Well, let's post up, turn the back to him. I can protect the basketball a little bit better. But that feeds into his weakness, which is that strength aspect. And when you got these guys, and that is one of the things that you will see here as far as people ask, like, well, what are you looking for in Summer League? A lot of it is, like, look, these guys, there are some – there are kiddos here that are just like really raw and fresh there's also like there's men here that have been trying to make it in professional basketball for a long time and they have that those bodies and they have that strength and you see that impact that they can have on him so like look and you say like what's it gonna be like when he tries that in the NBA I don't think he's gonna be trying that in the right. NBA if he's trying to back down Draymond Green the <laughs> coaching staff is gonna be all up in his grill so I'm not necessarily worried about that it's gonna be more about figuring out how to get the necessary spacing around him to
2: reco- to make it to the where teams can't swarm him the way that the Hornets were so you mentioned Scoot Henderson and being in the building for that um, what would, what's your takeaway there I like I like it when guys come out and you see them in the summer league. It was like Palo Carroll last yes. year. And they're like, oh, they're everything we thought they were going to be.
0: Yeah, immediately after watching like the first like five minutes yep. of Palo, I immediately went and took a ticket on on Rookie of the Year for him. I was yeah. like, okay, well, he's going to win, and that's done. And with Scoot Henderson, it's just like, man, he's a tank. Like, he's a tank, and he's wired the way. His competitiveness is the other thing you have to love about him. Uh, you know, he is absolutely trying – to collect heads every single time that he gets on the floor. Um, And that shows up. The passing was absolutely phenomenal. His ability to make reads because for when you're an athletic guard that doesn't necessarily have great shooting, that's what such a big component is are you able to make not just the, the basic reads? Mm. Are you not just are you willing? Like you better be able to make some complex reads. You better be able to see the floor and be able to make those things happen. Scoot absolutely showed that. Um, Scoot was lived up to everything I thought he could be in game one. I thought that Amon Thompson really was a guy that I was like, oh okay, like that's a, that that this kid is going to be way better I think immediately than I thought he was going to be right out the gate. Yep.
2: And with Henderson, actually both of them right? I think Amon Thompson both tweaked uh, a little bit yeah. in terms of shoulder, ankle. Uh, I saw I did see I didn't get to see Thompson, but uh, when I was watching watching Wemenyama down on the floor. Uh, Scoot Henderson was down there laughing, talking, didn't have anything on the shoulder, so I think it seems like it's just going to be precautionary, so that's a good thing, because it's it's eerily similar to Shaden Sharp last year. Shaden yeah. Sharp comes out, I always kept telling everybody, it was one of the more beautiful, like, turnaround baseline jumpers I've seen in Summer League, and then he just walks I mean, off the court, but played, ended up playing, what, 80 games for the Portland yeah. Trailblazers, so I don't think it's anything to be nervous about. Alright, so, Outside of Denver Nuggets, guys, I'm going to ask you about a couple in the summer league. Who else are you watching? We talked about kind of like the big three. Who else are you looking for here in the summer league?
0: You know, I want to see Oscar today. That's a big one for me is to be able to get an eye on him. Uh, Larry Miller is making a lot of waves yeah. after his performance yesterday. There's like all of the buzz in the world about Leonard Miller and about him being potentially a guy that can really wind up being like an impact player. Um, a lot of it for me, honestly, is I do want to see guys uh, like Nico Mannion yesterday for the Bucks, mm-hmm. who's had a cup of coffee with the Warriors in their gap year. And I thought he was really good. Goes to Europe for a year, is desperate. He's one of those guys that, like, word is out, like, he wants back in the NBA. And so you see how he approached yesterday with the physicality, the athleticism, and the shooting. And you're like, okay, he, he, this is a guy that could actually wind up being a rotation guy. There are players that will pop here in Vegas that aren't on the radar. Coming in, that all of a sudden at midseason, you're like, you know, he's having a really good season for them. Is like he wasn't even on roster last, last year, as you know, as whoever. And so, it's trying to find those guys. I'm always trying to identify who those players are that are going to be guys that are going to make an impact next season
2: that people aren't seeing coming. So, let's talk about your team that you uh, hyper focus on quite a bit out, out, out there in Colorado, the Denver Nuggets, the defending champion, Denver Nuggets. By the way, you have, I saw the, some of the tweets. Are you happy with the coverage? Now, you get people who have never watched them before. Watching highlight tapes and being like, I know all about the Denver Nuggets.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of nice to have people be like, you know, the Nuggets are kind of good. And I'm like, well, they've won 50-plus games like every year for the (laughs) last like five years. He's won two. Jokic is not bad. That's accurate. He won two MVPs. That's true. So it has been kind of cool to see that. Um, This Nuggets team is really fascinating. And one of the reasons here that they're really interesting is because this is not just like, oh, they have some prospects and they're going to play them. These guys are going to play like they're going to be in the rotation next season for the Denver Nuggets because the front office has decided that that's how they're going to build. You know, their veteran bench right now, DeAndre Jordan is not really an every night player or even a most nights player at this point. You know, it's Holiday who they signed, Justin Holiday. And then it's, you know, Reggie Jackson, who they they brought back on big, uh, big big government um, on a pretty good deal for him. I thought that was a really good deal for him. Um, and then it's young guys. It's yep. Christian Brown. It's Peyton Watson, who had a you know was athletic yesterday and showed kind of some of the gaps in his game too. And then it's gonna be these rookies. And you got guys like Jalen Pickett, who uh, plays such a, a different style of basketball, one that fits with Denver so well. It's Julian Strother that didn't shoot well from three, but I like the way that his form looks, and I love the way that he was able to get into the paint and draw contact, that looked really good. Um, And, you know, honestly, it's it's Hunter Tyson who comes in and everybody's like, really? Like, such a reach. But they really believe in these guys. And this is kind of the MO, is that Calvin Booth scouts these guys. He believed in Christian Brown. He believed in Peyton Watson. They both worked out to the degrees that they have. And there's a real confidence that they're going to contribute. This is going to be an extremely veteran team next year trying to defend the title with an extremely young and inexperienced bench, and that makes for a really fascinating dynamic for them. So
2: one of the guys that sticks out to me, uh, Jalen Pickett, what do mm-hmm. you think of him? So he gets a four-year deal, three of them guaranteed. Actually, it was a pretty decent game yesterday yep. as well, I'd assume, because one of the things that I, I really like and nerd out about, like, I think the Lakers deserve a lot of credit for it. They low-key have a very good scouting department yes. and can find a lot of guys, unearth them, and develop them. The Nuggets are the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of these guys are homegrown and they develop them. You mentioned a couple of them already. And a guy like Pickett, I feel like, is awesome to, for them. Like, he's got a really high uh, motor I think he's got a really good uh, ceiling in terms of a score and if they develop him properly like that's a good bench guy to have
0: Yeah, I, I what I loved yesterday was he was making reads that you don't see in summer league really. yeah. that that Bucks Nuggets game was fascinating Because typically here. It's a, it's very disorganized. These guys have about six days to practice together yep. They're just kind of thrown together there. It's a whirlwind Hornets look like they met 45 minutes before every <laughs> yeah, game. Exactly, yeah. and so like they've never they've really never never played together but both the Bucks and the, and the Nuggets looked like they knew what they were doing. There was organization, and a lot of that goes into the guard play and how those guards approach the offense. Pickett was making great reads to the weak side, but he wasn't just passing it to the weak side. He was then saying, like, he was upset when he was like, let's keep it moving. Like, he yeah. kept looking, like like, let's keep it. That's what you want for your Nuggets basketball, is you want that ball to pop. Like, force the help, pop it, and then keep that ball moving, because that's how they generate great looks over and over and over again. And Pickett being that type of floor general with his size, he's got such great control of the game, and that's something you do not see from rookies, even as uh, an older guy. It's one of the reasons I think that they selected both him and Strother is guys that can contribute right away. Pickett showed
2: a lot of what I want to see in a point guard if he's going to try and contribute right away in the NBA. How much of their tact here, like you said, like very young inexperienced bench, how much is it faith in the way that they've handled things and how much of it is it like the new CBA and looking at mm-hmm. things and being like, hey, look, man, if we're going to have a leg up on the competition and instead of some of these teams like Phoenix like shelling out a bunch of money, we're going to have to develop guys on the back end for cheap la- – you know, I don't want to call it cheap labor because that's has negative connotations. But, yeah, it's like cheap players who can be effective because we don't want to restrict ourselves having to pay a bunch of guys to come play for this team. The language that we go for is
0: cost control.
2: Yeah, okay, That's how we go
0: is cost control. Yeah, cheap
2: labor is not great. Yeah, yeah but no,
0: like, that's, but that's the whole thing, though, right, is uh, – is, the CBA has forced teams into the spot where if you're going to be a top-heavy team with a Nuggets that have $500 million in their starting lineup, if you're going to have that type of a team, you have to fill out the roster with these guys on these kind of cost-controlled contracts that you can use exceptions on because they're your own players and that you can develop and that aren't going to necessarily need to get paid in two to three years. Like You have to be able to push that off until you come to a point where you're like, okay, maybe we need to move on from KCP or maybe you know, this player is getting too old to be in the rotation, whatever. So the, these aren't gambles because if they don't work out, that bench is, you're going to see the Nuggets midseason being like, trying to get pay, you know, buyout guys and trying to trade for veteran dudes. So there's risks involved, but it's the same, I think, for most teams across the league where if you have the type of talent that puts you in a, in a range for, to be a contender, the, con, the the cost for that is you're going to have to draft well, develop well, and really be committed to that, not just from a – you know hey we're working with them every day they're with you know we drafted these guys and we believe in them that's one thing you got to involve your G League team you have to get the G League teams involved you have to commit to when we have have practice days we're really going to get these guys in and do the work with them all of the work that goes into the NBA goes unseen it's an incredible amount that's what makes them the greatest players in the world and that process is what teams you're going to see i think organizational strength matter a lot more under this new CBA
2: Favorites to win the championship,
0: favorites to win the Western Conference. What derails the Denver Nuggets? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I've, I've, it's very interesting to kind of hear where I'm so, going to be so fascinated when the win total comes out. Yep. Because I've been on there over consistently. Michael Mullen's gone over every single year of his Nuggets career. But if they they had such good injury luck last year. Like, Jamal missed games because he was recovering from the ACL. Michael Porter Jr. missed games because he needed to, to be balanced at the back. But. If they have injuries, it is these guys now that aren't just, like, playing in the bench minutes. And if right. they need to, they, now they're in bigger roles. You know, Jamal Murray misses time. It's Reggie Jackson playing full-time. And Reggie's been a little bit of an awkward fit with the starting lineup mm-hmm. at times. So I think that their short-term value, I think, is low. What I do think is that by the deadline, they'll probably look like a a really good team again. And they might be a little bit under the radar. My, like... Initial kind of uh, layout for them, I think, is probably going to be I'm going to probably take an I'm looking to take an under depending on if this number pops 52 and a half or higher, which I think it might. Mm-hmm. And then be ready to, to buy them at any point. If there's an injury, if Jokic is going to miss a month and the books have to accommodate for that, that's when it's like, all right, let's get in on the champs and trust this team when they're going to be healthy. It's, it's my favorite you know, thing to so do. Different.
2: It just, you know, yep. whenever injuries happen, you know, it didn't get there, but it was a good number. Like when um, when Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxine, James Harden all went down in that stretch mm-hmm. it was around like November. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll take 25-1 to on this team. Because either way, the numbers going to come back up when all these guys come back, because we know they are. And eventually, it happens. So I love betting futures like that. All right, we'll get you out of here on this, then. Obviously, have to ask everybody. The hot topic, of course, Damian Lillard. Mm. Um, you know, in talking to some people, I got to hang out with some people from Portland yesterday. And there seems to be, like, some gaining traction that. Not only is this going to, like, drag on a little bit longer than yeah. people think. Is there more of a chance than we expect that he's actually, like, playing his first regular season minute as a trailblazer? I think so. Yeah. I think so.
0: I think this is, if you're Joe Cronin, nothing else that you will do in your professional career matters more than this. Right. And if you get absolutely just housed on this, which it's, everything's working against him, yeah. then that's really going to impact things. But if It's manage- not shipping off Norm Powell, <laughs> yeah.
2: and, uh, you know what I mean? And uh, Robert Covington yeah. for Eric Bledsoe. Exactly. In the Second yeah, so I, I think
0: that there's a lot of pressure on all sides here. It's been fascinating just because there's such an active media machine, uh, you know, and that's how it always is in the NBA. It's not exceptional in this case, but... I think Dame's agency has done a great job in their job, which is like yeah. he wants to go to go to Miami, so they're doing everything they can to apply the necessary pressure to get this deal done and get him to Miami. I think Portland has fewer options in that regard of how to like apply reverse pressure, but they also also ultimately control the situation because Dame doesn't have a no no trade clause and he is under contract for four years, so there's a little bit more of possibility there. The question I think everyone around that I've talked to has asked is just like is there gonna be a team that is confident enough? To be that Masai Ujiri, mm. who took that risk on Kawhi Leonard, now got Kawhi for much less because Kawhi was going into expiring year. But is there a team that's just going to be like, I don't? Because here's what's really interesting: nobody's been willing to do that deal yet. But also, everyone agrees like Dame is not wired to do a holdout. Dame nope. loves basketball, and he's a professional, and he's a good and he's a good guy. Like everyone believes in that. And so the talk of, like, he's going to sit out and he's not going to report to camp and all these type of things, everyone's kind of like, if we get past even the money aspect, right. we don't think the game is kind of wired that way.
2: Especially if it's, like, like Philly, right? Like, mm-hmm. Philly's a good example. Of course that's a team that should call his bluff. Is he really going to be like, I'm not playing with Joel Embiid? Yeah. Like, of course he is. Yeah, and so I think that the, the, is there a team that is willing to take that kind of yeah.
0: risk. And right now, there's not. And Miami's done an excellent job of, of narrowing off all options and being like, you're going to have to get this deal done with us. You know, there's, there's talk of floating flame, of frameworks of four-team and five-team deals. My only thought on that is, like, those deals are so complicated, and they fall apart so easily. Yeah. An, an owner changes, changes their mind. Somebody, you know, finds. Uh, some piece of intel that suggests a medical issue with one of the supporting players. A, con- like a cat manager is like, we absolutely should not do this because of X, Y, or Z. And those things can fall apart. Mm-hmm. The big answer here is that, look, it could be happen tomorrow. But I think if we're putting the probabilities on it, I think there's a good chance that this drags into August, closer to training camp, maybe into training camp. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dame's a blazer
2: on game one. Because that prop, I always tell everybody, the prop is first regular season minute played, right? It's not like team traded too. So that always matters for a lot of people when you're looking at those props. All right, Matt. Man, I really appreciate it. I know I kept you a little bit longer, but awesome conversation again. Want to check out Matt's work, Action Network, HP Basketball up on Twitter, Action Network Pod, Locked on NBA, Locked on Nuggets. I love reading your work, listening to everything You're the man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, man. You got it. v Sin live from the Summer League. We'll be back.